Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Thanksgiving is over. Come on, I can start saying Merry Christmas and playing that Christmas music. And oh, I'm so excited. We're going to put the Christmas tree up today. We didn't, I, I didn't yesterday or on Friday. It was hard, but I resisted. But I'm so excited for Christmas and to see you guys. Man, welcome to Life West. Great to see you guys this morning. Um, we are doing something new in two weeks. If you haven't been here recently, you don't know. But we're going to do something in two weeks that we've never done before. And here's, here, here's what it is. is we're going to take um, a special offering. And we're really looking at as, and here's what I'm calling it's, it's really just, it's preparing the way. Um, if you've been here for a while, you're like, well, what is this? We've never done this before. Is this a building? No. No. This is not a building fund, um, although we want to be ready for a building. And you're like, okay, well, what, what is this? Well, is this to keep the doors open? Are we, are we in trouble? No. No, we're not in trouble. Um, every year what we do is we set our, um, our monthly, bu- our, our annual budget really is based on 90% of the previous year. So we look at the ministry that we want to do and what we want. So, so we're not in trouble in that area. But what we want to do is we want to be ready for opportunity when it comes to land or maybe a building. Um, there's some more things that we would like to be able to do with youth and children. Um, but that comes down to, well, well, we'll see how God provides. And as God provides, we'll move. So that's coming up in two weeks. And all that I ask is this. I ask that you pray. And if God puts something on your heart, then please give. Um, but we don't, you guys are generous. So we're not closing the doors. We're not in trouble. And this is not a building fund. This isn't like, oh, we, no, no, this isn't a pledge. We're not going to ask you to fill out cards. You guys are incredibly generous. And the church is going to continue to grow and thrive. We have money set aside for a building in the future. But we want to be prepared um, I think I've said it in some, some of the other services, we have about 400000 a little over, set aside for a building, which again is a lot until you're like, how much is a building? And then they're like, all right, you're looking at about somewhere between five and seven million. And that's if you can get a builder to even put a price tag on it right now. They still won't even put, and you're like, this is not the season. But we want to be ready for opportunities. We want to prepare the way, so I'm simply asking you to please pray, and that's coming up December 11th. But today we're starting something new, and I want to I start with a question. So how, this is rhetorical, so don't, don't answer this one out loud, but how do you love? Like think of someone that you love, and then think of this like, okay, how do you love them? Like, like how do they know that you love them? And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, like, my kids. And I'm like, okay, I love them. So I wrote down some things. I was like, I bet they know I love them because I, I pray for them. So I bet they know that I love them because I pray for them. I bet they know that I love them because I instruct them. I bet they know that I love them because I, I, I discipline them. You know, the Bible says the father disciplines the child that he loves. I'm like, I bet they know that. I, I provide for them. I provide for their needs and their wants. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's like I give them more than one pair of pants. Like, you need one, but I give you a lot. Like, like it's more than they, than they need. They need one blanket, 
They, they have lots of blankets, like maybe too many blankets, and then I can't find them. But anyways, it's like, I, I provide more. So I asked the kids. I was like, hey. So I called each of the kids in, and I was like, how do you know that I love you? Like, I know what I think and what I do, and I know that my motivation is love, but what do you think? And so a few of the answers I got, I absolutely love. This isn't all of them, but one of them said, you spend time with me. And I'm like, yes. Another one said, you teach me God's word. And I was like, go pastor's kid. Like, come on, yes. (laughs) Yes, I love that one. Another one said, you feed us. And I was like, okay, okay, this is simple. This is, this is simple. And another one said, you don't give us everything we want. And I was like, okay, keep, keep, keep going, keep going. Um, I like this. Another one, another one said this. He says, because you tell me all the time and you snuggle me. And I'm like, come here, come here. You're getting, you're getting some more of those. But how, how is it? That you love. And that's how, that's how my kids answered. So I asked Becca. I said, well, how do you know? Becca's my wife, in case you don't know. I said, how, how do you know? How do you know that I love you? And the way she said it was a little bit different. She's like, well, because when I ask for a latte, you get excited to make the latte. You don't just make the latte for me. I'm like, okay. She goes, I know, I know you love me because you'll wake up in the night when it's a little bit colder, and so you'll take the blanket that's on the foot of the bed, and you, you, cover, you cover my side. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. She says, well, I, I know you love me because you know, we got a two-saw garage, and my office is in one half of it. And she goes, but you just put my car in the garage. There was never a question. She goes, that's just where you put it. So there might be different ways that you love people right, that we love one another. I think there's different ways that we show love to, to just about everybody. But let me just, let me ask you one other question when it comes to that is this. How do we love God? Ever think about that one? Like, how do I love God? If I love God, is there an action what type of action should follow that love? I think in, in, in just in general, if we say that we love someone, there's some accompanying actions. Like we usually like to spend time around them, right? You're not like, I love them so much, I just can't be near them. You're like, well, this, is, this isn't making sense. Like that's, that's, that's not quite right. But how do we, how do we love God? Like is it, is it like the guy I heard about who got married? And he said this, he told his wife, they'd been married a few years, and she's like, do, do you love me? And he looked at her and said, I told you when, I got, when we got married that I love you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> like, like, is that how our relationship with God is, that we, like, we approach him once, God, I love you, I serve you, and then it's done? Like, hey, if it changes, I'll let you know, but you're my Lord and King, and I'm going to go do my thing. And we run off? Like, is, is, that, is that what it is? Well, No. But here's the thing is, how do we love a God that we cannot see? How do we love somebody who owns everything and has everything and knows everything? Like it's around Christmas time, so we're thinking about about gifts for the people that we care about, the people that are in our lives. Some putting more thoughts into it than others. Some of you, you just need to make a list, okay? We can't read your minds. Make a list, 
okay, put a list together of like, these are things like, make it easier for the people that you love. Some of you, you're, you're trying to get it just right. Some of you are like, I just do money. It's so easy. Just, just put money in an envelope and there you go. Nothing says I forgot you, like just money in an envelope. But anyways, depending on how much it is. And then, okay, I'm totally fine with some of those envelopes. But how do we love God who we cannot see? Well, here's some ways. We want to look at the, what the Bible has to say about how you and I love God. Matthew 6.33 says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says seek first. One of the ways that we love, that, that our love for God should change the way that we live is we prioritize. We prioritize God and the things of God. You ever, you ever go out on a date? If you've ever been out on a date and... And, and you just spend all your time on your phone? Like you, you just kind of pick up your phone and you're like, oh yeah, what, what did you say? Doesn't, doesn't go well. Like I love people watching. Like I, I love it. We go to a restaurant or we go out and I love watching people. One of the things I, I it is a joy to come across is, is somebody that's on that awkward first couple of dates. And you look over and it is just, they're both like, yeah, how, what? They don't, they don't know what to say or do. And I just want to sit, I just sit over in the corner. I'm like, give me some popcorn. Like, I, this is better than a movie. I, I could just watch this. One time I remember I came out of a coffee shop. And I don't know how many dates it was or, or what was going on. But there was just this couple. And, and they were saying goodbye. And, and he's like, it was nice. And she's like, that, thank you thanks, this was, this was good, and, and he's kind of getting a little closer, and she's getting a little closer, and then he's kind of back up again, and it's just kind of like this, like, I'm, and I walk by, and I'm like, I just got to say it, because it was just so awkward. I just looked, and I go, just kiss already, and then I just, I just walk off. I just walk off, and I did the, like, no look thing, where I didn't even turn back around. I just walked, and I'm like, here, here we go, but it's just, it's just, this tension, because like, what, what should happen? But we, we automatically know that if we, if we love someone, that there's some action that should follow. There's some action that should follow. Well, here's what it says. It says that one of the things that you and I, that our love for God is meant to do, and one of the ways that we show God, honestly, that we love him, is we seek him first. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, I think this is something that most of us, we just, we, we generally, we know when it comes to dating, like, they got to be a priority. You're not like, you do that naturally. You get married and you're like, yep, you are the most important thing. It's my relationship with God and then it's you. And that's one of the things, one of the statements that we then live out throughout marriage. And any time that, that, that priority gets broken, the marriage begins to break up. It begins to deteriorate. Even in a dating relationship, if that priority gets, gets out of place, that relationship starts to just be like, wait a minute, this, this, this is not right. 
when you're dating, that's one of the things that you're doing is like, how do they prioritize me? What do they think prioritizing looks like? How is it? Because we realize we need to be prioritized. If we're in that relationship and thinking about getting married, you better be able to prioritize me over whatever it is. Because what is it meant to be? Because once you get married, it's God and then that marriage. So we prioritize our time with God. And here's what that looks like. And here's, here's the interesting thing. What do you think comes first? The feeling of love or us doing loving things? It's like the chicken or the egg. It's when we, when we treat somebody and we give them priority all of a sudden and we're spending more time with them, one of the results of that is we begin to love them more. We prioritize our time with God. We prioritize it. One of the things coming up in January, if you're new around here, every January we do something which we call SEEK, where we take the beginning of the year and we pick 21 days in the month of January where we as a church together, we pray and fast for 21 days. And some of the fasting is different. People pray and decide what they're going to do for the fasting. Somebody might fast the 21 days. Somebody might fast a little bit differently or just a couple days through it or a meal each day. But we, we seek God first because we want to prioritize God in all that we do, in all that we do. So how do we love God? What should be a result of our love for Him in our life is we prioritize God. The next one, the next one Ways that we love God is this. We honor His commands. We honor what He says. John 14, verse 15 says it like this. If you love me, obey my commands. He's like, obey my commands. First John 5, 3 says this. Loving God means keeping His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. We're like, okay, I know that God loves me and I love him, so God, I'm going to honor what it is that you're about. I'm going to honor what it is that you are about. I believe that you want the best for me, that you love me and I love you, so yes, let's do it. And this is different than any earthly relationship we have because God knows everything. There's not a joke that he doesn't already know the punchline to. Like, he, he knows it. You've never done anything and God been like, well, that's a surprise. That's a new one. Hey, Gabriel, come here. This I've never seen before. He has never needed to do that. Instead, we, we show our love for him and our understanding of his love for us by obeying his command. And then, and this is probably my favorite one, how do we love God? How do we do that? We love God by loving, and you're like, wait a second, how, how stupid is that? Hold on, hold on, yeah, yeah, I meant it. We love God by loving, but this, this is what I mean by that. This is what I mean by that. It says in Proverbs, no, it doesn't. I'm in the wrong verse. I was like, what just happened? How do we love God? We honor his commands, come on. And then how do we love him? We love. How? And here's how we do it. 1 John 4, 20. Here's what it says. 1 John 4, 20. How do we love God? By loving. What do we love? If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow person, 
hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For we do not love people. If we do not love people we can see, then we do not love God whom we cannot see. How do we love God? I love this one. By loving his kids. Because let's, let's read that again. He says, how do you love God? But if somebody, if a believer, I love God but hates a fellow believer, so this is a Christ follower, and that means that you're one of Christ's kids. How do we love God? By loving on his kids. Every parent knows that. You want to bless a parent? Love on their kids. And that parent is going to love you. Like, absolutely. If you're a parent and you watched, maybe it was a teacher or a coach, a youth director, pastor, small group leader that really poured into one of your kids, come on. You're like, how can I help you? Thank you so much. But this is what God says about you and me. Jesus is talking to his disciples in Matthew 25. And he says this in verse 34, talking about what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. He says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then he says this, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, this is all in red in some of your Bibles. This is Jesus talking, and here's what he says. He said this. He said, I was thirsty. I was hungry. I was naked. I was in prison. Verse 37, and the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you like this? When did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in? When did you need clothes and we clothed you? When did we go to prison to see you? What is this? In verse 40, he says this, then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You want to know how we love God? We love on his kids. We love on his kids to the point that God says, what you did for them, you did for me. You did it for me. We have opportunity to love on God. How? By loving on his kids. And that's the body of Christ. It's looking on any and every single one of us. He says, what you did for one of them, you did for me. And this really, this really jumps out at me simply because years ago I had a neighbor that came over, and it was actually my neighbor's girlfriend that came over, and he said, hey, she said um, uh, her, her boyfriend, my neighbor, was, was in jail. And he said, would you, would you go visit him? He, he asked that you come visit him. And I was like, sure. And I was working at a church as a, as a pastor at the time, and I thought I should be able to get in, no problem. So I called, I called the prison. And, and, I, and I called the prison, and they're like, uh, yeah, you got to fill out these forms, and you got to do this. And, and I'm like, okay, great. And I fill out the forms, so I missed something, and some time goes by. And, and, and um, she, she asked again, I'm like, I'm still trying to get in and, and, and trying, trying to put this all together and, and trying to make it work. And it, quite, quite a bit of time passes. 
and it kind of just falls off my radar where I forgot about it. And she comes, or maybe it was one of the other neighbors, I don't even remember exactly how I heard, but that neighbor that asked me to come see him in prison, I, I didn't. And then what I ended up hearing was he got out of prison and he, he, he took his life. It was overdose. I'm not even sure exactly, exactly what it was. So for me, when I read this, you did it for me. I'm like, son of a gun. I didn't. So here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that today is the day. That the opportunity that you have, you see it as a blessing. Because that opportunity might not be there tomorrow. And it happens. So I hope it encourages you to look and to simply see it as a blessing. The opportunities that we have to bless, to reach out to those that are around us. But one of the things that that requires is in order to be a blessing, it requires preparation. I love what Becca said about, talked about in, in just a neighbor that's like, for, uh, they prepared the sheep to be in a nativity scene at church. They're like, we know what's coming, so we had to prepare. We brought the sheep inside. We didn't late, wait until last minute and be like, okay. Well, yeah, we've got some sheep, we'll just throw them in there. No, they bottle-fed them, they brought them around people, they kept them around people so that they would be comfortable. They prepared so that they could do something in the future. And one of the ways that we give is spontaneous. But you want to know what? Spontaneous, think about it with me. Spontaneous isn't very spontaneous. The decision that we make might be in the moment. And spontaneous is one of the ways that we give? Absolutely. We see it in the Bible. We see the Samaritan. And maybe you've heard of this story before in Luke 10. Jesus tells a parable. In fact, let's, let's read it together. In Luke 10, verse 30, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So a priest and a Levite. So a priest, a pastor, a Levite would be somebody who was working in the temple. Like this is literally their job is to take care of people. Okay, but they both see the guy and they pass by. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went and he bandaged up his wounds, poured oil and wine, and set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come back, I will repay you. And then Jesus said, which of these do you think was a neighbor to him who fell? And they said, he showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Now, here's something I really want to, if you have your Bibles, in verse 33, underline this part where it says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. Because here's the thing. 
I read that story, I'm like, wait a second. Like, the Samaritan comes by and he just stops. Like, did he not have a job? Like, was he just like, hey, I can be late? Was he the boss and like, I show up late all the time? Was he the guy that just always shows up late no matter what? And he's like, well, I got another excuse to be late. Like, like, did he not have any places to go or places to be? Was nobody waiting for him? Or did he leave with a little bit of leeway? Because in the story, what we see is we see spontaneous. He comes across somebody, there's a need, he does something about it. But guess what it takes to be ready to meet a need in a moment? It takes planning. When my older brother was in driver's training, I was all excited because I was like, he's going to be taking me places. This is going to be great. This is going to be so much fun. And he's, he's talking about it, and he goes, you're not going to believe this. I go, what? He goes, my instructor does not pass. Like, he drives down the road, and I, I'm like, in a car, he goes, he doesn't pass. He goes, I'm not supposed to, he, we don't, he goes, we have to go on the expressway to pass. He won't pass on, on like a country road, like a regular road. He won't pass. And I'm like, how do you get anywhere? So, so we actually, we get, and I, I get to meet him, and so, so we were picking him up or something like that, and so I just walked up to him, you know, I'm, I'm how old was I? I was like uh, 12 years old, and I go, do you really not pass? And he's like, nope. And I go, how do, you, how do you go? How do you get places? I go, what if you get behind old people? Because everybody when you're 12 is old. But anyways, and he, and he looks at me and he goes, well, I just leave early. This guy says he does not pass because, so all he has to do is leave a little early and he doesn't need to pass people. The Samaritan, in order to do what the Samaritan did, it took planning. It, it took having some margin. And it took money. If, if, you don't if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't help anybody else. It takes planning. Even spontaneous giving and helping of people that are around us, it takes planning. I had a vehicle years ago, um, it, was, it was a Ford Ranger, and I found out after I bought it, it had been in an accident, and I think that was one of the reasons, but like the gas gauge on this car, if it got to one quarter tank, you were done. Like, like if it ever touched the quarter, that was it, and I ran out of gas. So guess what? I ran out of gas a lot, because I hate getting gas. Like, I don't mind paying for it. Give me a 500-gallon tank. But I hate filling up with gas. It stinks. Gas stations are horrible. I don't like it. I think it's a waste of time. You end up with a slow pump. Meyer pumps are particularly slow, so I do not get gas at Meyer. Like, I'm, oh, I do not like getting gas. To the point that this car, I ran out. And so... First couple times it happens, I'm, I'm calling friend, I think I called Brian one time, and was, I would just call whoever I was closest to. And I'm like, hey, I'm out of gas again, can you, can, can you come help me? And, and I'm out of gas. I remember one time I called um, my friend Molly, and I'm like, hey, I'm out of gas. And she goes, again? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but it's the gas gauge. And she's like, no, it's you. It's not the gas gauge now. You should know. And I'm like, yeah, I, you're, you're, you're probably right. And she's like, I'll come, but only if you go get a gas tank. <laughs> and I'm like, 
it's probably a good idea. Please come, please come. So she came, and I wasn't far from her house, and she got me some gas, and she's like, you better go get a gas thing. She goes, I will not come rescue you again. Because it's something I knew. It was a known issue I had with that car, is that thing would get anywhere close, and then it was just done. So me not doing something about it was really on me. And any time that thing got below half, I was like, son of a gun, here I go. I got to go get gas again. And most of you are like, well, duh, of course you need to do that. Well, what if you and I decided we wanted to be a blessing to those around us, so we built in margin in our schedules? We didn't fill them so full that every day and every minute, we can't go down, we can't meet with anybody, we can't go be an ear for somebody that just needs to talk and needs to get some godly advice. We can't go take somebody out. We can't join a small group or be in a small group because our schedules are so full. It's this, it's that. What if we left some margin in there so that we said, you know what? We want to be available so that God can use us. Because I think what can often happen is we're like, we want God to use us, but then we fill our schedules so full that God wants to use us and we're like, we don't have time to do what God's asking us to do. So what if we built in some margin? We're like, we want to be a blessing to those that are around us. So we left our schedules a little bit open. We're like, this is just open time. It's a, maybe it's a, a, a meal or a time. Maybe it's just like, it's a day that you're like, we're going to have some extra time in this day so that we can just be a blessing. We're going to look for opportunities to be a blessing to other people. Because let me just say, it's amazing what you can see when you look for it. Years ago, um, we needed a new car. Uh, uh, we, were just, we, just, we were just having babies. So it was like, okay, they fit in the car, and then we had another baby. It's like, oh, what? We, we don't fit in that car, so we need, we need another one. And I'm like, well, Becca, are we done having kids? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what car do I get? She's like, I don't know. We need, we're going to have kids. So it's like, okay, we need something different. And, and so we had a fun, like, four-wheel drive SUV, and it was like, it, I was like, I know what we need. We need a pickup. There's tons of room in the bed of that. You can fit everything in that. And I'm like, this is, this is going to work. And, and I was really trying to make the exterior work. I was like, well, we got car seats right now, and they got that click-in base. Well, I'll bolt the base into the back. Not of the pickup of the SUV that we have. And I was like, we can, and then it's just as secure. It's more secure than the seatbelt thing. I'm like, we can make this work a little bit. She's like, that ain't going to work. So I was like, finally, I broke down. I was like, okay, we need a car. And I do I don't know if you're a car guy and you just like buying cars. I don't. I'm not a car person. I see them more as like transportation, and I don't like them. Like, I don't, I don't like them. It's transportation, and then they always need work. They, they, need, they need tires, and they need brakes, and they need oil, and that's if nothing breaks. And I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just not a car guy. So it's like, okay, we need something. So we're looking around, and then finally, somebody knows that I'm looking around, and they're like, hey, um, I, I got this van that I think you'd like. I'm like, I don't know. And he told me the price. I'm like, sounds good. I'll come see it. So I went over to go see this thing. I'm very Dutch, in case, in case you don't know. So we go over. We, we go to look at this thing. And, and it's, um, it was a Pontiac SV6. And I walk up and I look at this thing and I'm like, I have never even seen one before. I'm like, I've never seen one of these. But I look at it. It had come off lease. And it was, it was just a minivan. 
And I was like, okay, you know, the doors all work and everything underneath. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, everything looks pretty good. We take it for a test drive, do a couple things, and, and take it to somebody that knows a bit more than me. And he's like, yep, this is, this, is, this is good. Told him the price. He's like, it's great. And I'm like, I guess it's minivan time. You know, you got to just, you got you to gotta, you gotta just slow down a minute before you take that, that, that step. But I was like, but the price is so good. And I was like, okay. And so, so I buy it. So I bring the thing home, and Beck goes, she's, she's asking me, and I call her on the way home, I'm like, I got it. And, and she's like, well, what is it? And I go, well, it's a minivan. She goes, what? And I go, it's a Pontiac SV6. And she goes, what's that? I'm like, well, it's really, it's a minivan. She goes, I've never seen one. I'm like, I know, I've never seen one either. So we buy this van, and I'd never seen it before. It was just an ugly van. It was a minivan. If you've got one, I'm sorry, but they are. And ours was burgundy, which was extra, extra. And you're like, I have a burgundy. It's okay. It's okay. But I do think they're ugly. But anyways. So I bring this thing back, and we get home. And guess what? All of a sudden, I see these, these, these SB6 vans all over the place. I'm like, babe, there's one and there's one. In fact, somebody, I was working um, at my dad's church at the time, and somebody at church that I worked with had one the exact same color to the point that my kids several times got in their car. <laughs> like, they come, one of the times, one of, uh, one of the kids come up, they're like, Dad, can I have some water? I was like, yeah, go to the drinking fountain. He's like, no, there's water in the van. I'm like, no, there's not. He's like, yeah, there is. I'm like, if there is, you can have it, but, but go for it. And, and then later I come out, and he's running to the wrong van, and so there was some water in somebody else's van, and they took it, and we're drinking, and I'm like, that's not ours! And so I wrote a note. And then, anyways, um, but let me, let me just ask you a question. Do you think that everybody at the exact same time got the exact same van? Or do you think that there were vans all over the place, but I just didn't notice them? But the minute that I got one, my eyes were open to something that had been all around me the entire time. But something changed in me that allowed me to see something that had been there all along. There's an amazing thing that happens when you and I take the time to prepare, to be ready, to give and serve spontaneously, that all of a sudden we see things that we almost look and think, were they here before? God opens our eyes to needs and opportunities, and we get to be a blessing. There's something that happens when we say, okay, I'll make time in my plan. You know, I've never needed it, but I'm going to. God, I want you to use me, so I'm going to leave a lunch open. I'm going to leave a breakfast. I'm going to leave some time so that I can Maybe do a Bible study with somebody. I'm going to make some room so that, God, you can fill it, and I don't know what you're going to put in it. When we leave some space and we have some margin in our finances where we're like, we want to be able to give, so we're going to leave some, we're going to budget giving into it. It's like, here's what we do. So what Beck and I do, we have our tithe, that's 10%. Yep, we do that. But then it's above and beyond that. Like, okay, what else are we going to do? And we build it into our budget. We give more to the church, and then we want extra money that we can give. So that when we find out about somebody that all of a sudden they're adopting, or this just happened over here, and, and 
they found out they're having triplets and things are, they've got to change up their whole house and their whole life is about to change and this is what's going on. But we can just be like, what do you think they need and how do you think we can bless them? Because we've got the opportunity, we've got the margin, we've got the money, we've set it aside. What can we do? So that it's not just a desire that we think, oh, if we could, wouldn't that be great? But instead it's a, we can, what do we want to do? What can we do? And the crazy thing is, is as we do this, God looks and he says, what you've done for the least of these, he says, you've done for me. God sees it. He knows it. Nobody else has to know. But the time is now. Today is the day to begin to prepare so that you can be spontaneous, so that you're ready when that moment comes. Don't be like me when that gas gauge suddenly hits and I act like I've never seen it before and, oh, I was out of gas again. You're like, no, no, no. This time I'm going to prepare. I know what happens. Just pray. Say, God, what can I do? Is there some time I need to open up in my schedules or something I need to change in my finances? Are there some priorities that I need to shift? And then pray this. Say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes so that I can be your hands, I can be your feet, and I can be a blessing to those that are around me. And man, here's what I know you're going to experience. Jesus said it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And you are going to have fun. God uses you as you see people in grocery stores that you're like this one God just lays on your heart and you're like can I pay for that gas stations because we all end up at them even if we hate them and you look and God lays on your heart and just says that person fill their tank and so you walk up to somebody you've never seen before and you're like before you do that I believe God wanted me to fill your tank and they're like why and you just say I don't know but I know that God loves you and he laid out on my heart to do something for you. And God uses you to speak to people around you. Maybe you hear about somebody and Christmas isn't what it, you're like, you know what, I just want to do something for them. So you go in and you get to just help them go shopping. I remember that was us one year. Mom and dad told us in advance, they're like, we ain't doing Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, really? They're like, yup, it's not happening. We're not buying a Christmas tree. We're not doing anything. My mom ended up making, we had some garland, so she made a Christmas tree. Because we weren't going to have one. And it's really funny because all of us kids hated it, but that's the one that every one of us remember, is the Christmas tree that she made. And she like, you know, made it wide at the bottom and tied it up top and printed off some, some printer paper. Remember the printer paper that like you'd pick up one sheet and they were all stuck together with the holes on the side? Anybody remember that? Okay, just me. Anyways, it's just me. So they had that stuff and the printer paper was together and, and she drew a trunk and then I colored it in and she put that so it was a trunk. Remember I hated it. I'm like, mom, this doesn't work because the Christmas lights that she put on the tree then plugged the outlet was on the other side of that paper trunk. So she plugged it into the trunk. And I'm like, that makes it even worse, Mom. I don't remember how old I was, but we were just whatever. 
I remember just thinking we're not doing Christmas and this is what it is and that's, that's what they told us. We're like, oh, okay. And then, it was about a week before Christmas, mom came in and she's like, hey, somebody out of the blue just came and said they want to bless us and make sure that we have a Christmas this year and want to do some stuff. Um, so we get to go do that. So we went, I remember going shopping for my brothers and be like, okay, well, can we do this and can we do this and can we do that? I was, I was little. I don't know how old I was, but I still remember it. That God sent, God knew where we were and God just blessed us. I've been on the receiving side, I feel like, so many times that I'm like, man, I want to do that for somebody else. But don't just let it be a feeling. Prepare, plan, pray, and watch what God does in and through you as you get to be a blessing to those that are around. And God says, what you do for the least of these, you do it for me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As you're here this morning, I want you to know this. God wants to use you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I have a plan. I know the plan and the purpose I have for you, declares the Lord. God wants to use you to be a blessing to those that are around. He wants to use you to make a difference. You're not waiting. This isn't tomorrow. This isn't in a year. He wants to begin to use you today. It starts with surrendering what we have to Him. You know, the first thing we have to surrender is our life. If you're here today and you're like, you know, I haven't made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've been doing life my own way. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you say, you know, I said a prayer, but I've walked away. I haven't been, I haven't been really living for God. I've been doing my own thing, just kind of tiptoeing in and out of church and in and out of the things of God, just back and forth. But I need, I need to be all in. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. We can know right where we stand with God and begin to walk out a relationship with Him. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. That's you. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand, and when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. That you get ready. I want you to lift it high, and we'll pray together. Get ready. One two, three. Right now, all the way up, say, that's me, and today is my day. In this room out there, thank you, wherever you are. Okay, hands down. Would everybody, would you just repeat after me? Let's pray with those that lifted their hands in this room, online, all together. Let's just pray together. Everybody out loud, say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Jesus, I believe you came, that you died, shed your blood for me, but you rose again. And today, I make you my Lord. With all that I am, I choose you in Jesus' name. You just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here and you say, you know what? I want God to use me to be, I want, I want to be a blessing to those that are around me. I'd like to say a special prayer that God would open up eyes, that you would see needs, that God would give provision to you so that you can be a conduit, that God can use you to bless those that are around you. If you're like, this is, it's on my heart, I want to do it. 
if that's you. And maybe you're like, you know, I've, I've missed some opportunities. You're like, man, I missed it. Let me just say, all we can do is start today. I can't go back, but I can give him my all today. If you're like, hey, I want to be used, I want God to use me in brand new ways to be a blessing to those that are around me. If that's you, would you lift your hands? I want to say a prayer for you right now. Awesome. All right, hands down. God, I just lift up every single person that just lifted up their hands. God, that their heart is to be your hands and feet, to be a blessing to those that are around them. God, I ask that you would, that you would supply seed to the sower, as your word says, so that they can be a blessing to those that are around them in brand new ways. God, show them how they can prepare today, their time, their schedule, their energy, their resources, God, so that they can better be a blessing. God, open their eyes to those that are around them. Speak to them by your spirit. Lead and guide them in all that they do so that they can be a light to those that are around them. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional